Not only is the month not going by fast at all, but this week, I think it's just this week. Come on, it's almost over. So today we have a lot to talk about. I hope all of you have gotten your popcorn ready because this is just incredible. So incredible. We have them cannibalizing themselves completely. Like Chicago is on fire. Remember, that is Barack Hussein Obama's stomping ground. Everything is just coming to the surface. And like I always say, never Well, I didn't. My grandfather told me that once when I was young. But if you poop in the water, it's about to float. And we've got a lot of stuff coming to the surface. And I'm going to break it down for you like nobody else has. Um, I've actually invited uh, Michael Avenatti to come on. I don't believe he's going to take me up on it. Um, well, he hasn't responded. That is who knows. Um, and I promise to just let him tell his side of the story, but I'm going to tell you the side of the story of Michael Avenatti that a lot of you just don't get. So I'll use a simile. So that way we can understand again. How many movies have we all watched, guys? We've watched a lot of movies, right, in our lifetime. From drama to TNA movies, right, action, romance. Now let's think of the ones that always had, like, a mobster or mafia. Wasn't there always a guy, a go-to guy to be your fixer? There's this one guy that would just make things go away, not not via assassination, right, but by extortion. There was always that one guy. And that guy here, guys, is Avenatti. And it's not something new. It's something that's constant. And I'll tell you, when I said that Avenatti Giragos pair will be the gift that keeps on giving. You have no idea. No idea. And I'm about to lay it out to you. And I know a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, this was so fixed. And it's just so horrible. I really don't care. I'm honestly, I really don't care if Smollett never goes uh, to jail. I really don't care. He's nothing. So him going to jail is just me feeding and clothing him and giving health care. Throw him back out onto the street and let's see if he survives. Because no one's going to hire him. Nobody will. Guys, be realistic. This is how you fix stuff by giving them what they deserve. Why would I put him in jail? He's going to like it in general pop. He's totally going to like it. Not only that, we're going to feed him. We're going to clothe him. We're going to give him health care and he's going to get all the men he wants. For this self-loathing person, you know, something a lot of people don't know. Do you know that Jesse's father was Russian? He was a Russian Ashkenazi Jew. Did you guys know that? And after his father's death, when he gave an interview to Out Magazine, do you know what he said? If you called my father white, he would kill you. He loathes, he, he, mm, he loves race baiting, loves it. He is one of those nasty race baiters, you know, that 
you know, back in the days, people of my color, nobody cares. You were never a slave. Your mom wasn't a slave for sure. So get over it. A lot of us have had family members that were slave. Jeez, my family members were killed when they were slaves. You know, in Greece by the Turks doesn't mean that all the Turkish people are bad and I hate them and they're disgusting. Come on, guys. This is what they're doing. This is the type of person that they've propped up, but here's where it gets a lot of fun. So we know that Chicago's dirty. We know it. The police know it. Their hands are always tied behind their backs. All these people letting go, you know, because they got connections. Because no matter what, you've got all the corrupt clowns there. Come on, Oprah's there too, right? So Illinois is disgustingly corrupt. It is so broke. It is raping their citizens. I mean, you win OU. This is how broke they stand, stinging dirty. Now, let's pretend I'm Jesse Smollett. So I'm going to think like Jesse Smollett. Because sometimes if you think like these idiots, you know, it, it, it totally makes more sense to you. So I want all of you guys to just think that you're Jesse Smollett, okay? You were a child actor, so you were exposed to that child actor type environment. Hint, hint, right? Uh, you've been trying to make it big. You finally decided, Hey, if I'm gay, I get more, uh, castings and you know, you're, you're gay. Now you're a dancer, you sing, you're multi-talented and now you're shooting the stardom, but not a lot of people know you. So what do you do? You're stomping with the Obamas. You're stomping with Kamala Harris. And Kamala Harris and Cory Booker, remember I said this when we were talking about his attack when he first got attacked. They were pushing what? An anti-lynching bill. He was stomping with Kamala on it, right? He was talking about it because the only thing the Democrats had was emotion. And they needed to drive it home that anyone that supports the president is racist. And there is such a thing as lynching. So coincidentally, when this bill for anti-lynching with Cory Booker and Kamala Harris all over CNN and they're pushing it, how racist. We got the Covington boys, racist. It's just fueled and angry, racist, racist, racist. Jesse Small, it's like, hey, yeah, I'll totally do it. I'll like totally do it. So they collude. Could we call it Russia collusion because she's half Russian? <laughs> Can we say that this is Chicago's half Russian collusion there. Anyway, so they collude. This is with Don Lemon, you know, who spoke so fondly of him and then, you know, changed his tune afterwards. So he decides, I'm an actor. I'm pretty good at this. But he's freaking dumb. Super dumb. He used a check. You know, he used people that he had photos with. You know, he thought he could get away with it because it's Chicago. But... Unfortunately for him, Chicago PD, I think that is, you know, New York City cops have it hard, but I think Chicago PD, well, they're kind of the same, but they have it harder, actually, because the politics in that state, in that city are so disgusting that, you know, they join the force to do good and their hands are tied behind their back with politics. They cannot execute justice. They are not allowed to execute justice. So, Here's where the cops take it seriously. They take it seriously thinking, yeah, this is real. You know, they're not in on it. Maybe not. Maybe some are, but no. So they're full for, full speed ahead. You know, they uh, 
have to activate Homeland Security because we had Nigerians flying out of the country. We had FBI, pen registers, warrants, subpoenas for records, phone records, text messages, emails, because this could have been to us a national security threat with foreign agents who knows i mean you got to take it there right these guys are nigerian right and they're flying out of the country right after it happens when we identify them we need to know everything so everyone is tapped everyone is followed everyone is watching everyone right so here's where, you know, Jussie Smollett suddenly gets Mark Garagos, you know, CNN legal analyst from his buddy, Don Lemon, his buddy, Don Lemon, that gave tons of interviews over the phone or in person to print outlets to on TV. Just oh, so upset of this racist rhetoric that President Trump is pushing. Oh, my gosh. They screamed MAGA country. And it was just so disgusting. Right. So vile. So they all get together and they're pushing it. GMA crying. He's a hero. What did he call himself? A gay Tupac, whatever. Right. So he got all this press within like 48 hours of being attacked. Um, So the evidence is piling on. And they realize from their local, regional FBI, remember, Obama territory, so Obama-owned. Unfortunately, for many people that file corruption claims within their state, they cannot go to their regional FBI. I mean, I won't either. I go straight to D.C. because I don't trust it. These are well-oiled networks. So here we have Tina Chen. Michelle Obama's chief of staff gal, you know, pushing Kim Fox to earwig to the police to hand it over to the regional FBI. And not only that, Tina Chen does it herself. They're getting pressure from a lot of people. Just hand it over to the regional FBI. Just hand it over to the regional FBI. And then the regional FBI started making circles when we already know that the you know, federal, federal FBI, non-Illinois, non-regional, was involved already. So the Chicago BD are like, why do you know? I'm not handing it over. This is the conversation that ensued. And this is where they were getting really, really upset. So anyway, tons of text messages between Kim Fox and Tina Chen. And let's get the FBI. Let's get the FBI. Pardon me. And, um... So they're getting all, you know, antsy and suddenly they realize he's going to be charged immediately just a little bit before he gets charged because they already heard it down the pipeline from someone that let the Obamas know um, and Mark Garagos know, right? Because they all have ears everywhere that they're going on. So Mark Garagos calls who? The fixer. The fixer gets in contact with Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris is in contact with Jesse Smollett and Kim Fox and Tina Chen. So they're all kind of working together. How do we fix this? So Avenatti's the fixer. So he comes in right before he gets charged just to see if he can find any dirt on these cops, on the people that are doing the investigations, on how he's going to fix. He's like, listen, I can I can help it. You know, uh, the Obama's push for Colin Kaepernick. He got a deal. Mark Garag sorted that out. We'll get him a deal so that way we could get money. Let's see. So they start digging and they find that, um, you know, there's a lot of corruption in Nike. Obviously, Colin Kaepernick being one of them, very well connected with CNN because they were the ones pushing the Colin Kaepernick, you know, um, whole spiel there. And don't forget, Mark Ragos is also Colin Kaepernick's um, 
attorney, right? <laughs> the Obamas loved Colin Kaepernick. So, you know, the, these are deals that they all do with each other, right? They all work in unison. So Avenatti's like, listen, man, we'll make this go away. If he does go formally to get charged, we'll get Nike. You know how they're spinning it or whatever. You guys need to make it go away on your government side. Well, I'll take care of the money. I'll take care of that. So it was pretty much a, a, a good setup. He gets to come in supposedly to audit shit. Oops, did I say that on air? Sorry. Uh, you know, Avenatti's coming in to audit, and they're like, this is how much you'll get paid or whatever, and that's it. But he's like, nah, man, I got more dirt on you. You need to pay me X, Y, Z, because I know all about this stuff with Colin. I know all about this, and you're going to pay my client this, this, this. That's how it's going to work. Now, remember, the FBI, Homeland Security, intelligence communities, were already looking at these texts and discussions and everything. So these conversations are ensuing between the Smollett's, Tina Chen, Kim Fox, and someone uh, that I had mentioned last week just in passing, and Scott Adams reminded me because I keep omitting her, is Tony Preckwinkle. So they needed to fix the legal side. He got dirt on the judge. He got dirt on them. We're going to make a deal. They made a plea deal between themselves. They sorted the legal side out, separate from them, and I'll sort out Jesse Smollett and get him back on track and award him for his heroic actions through getting him a contract with Nike, you know, just like we did for Colin Kaepernick when he was destroyed for being an idiot. Don't worry about it. We'll do it. So this is how it went. The FBI found out about this extortion plan with Nike from the conversations that Mark Garagos or had with Jussie or with Kim Fox or with his attorney or, 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 or from what I hear, was like, don't worry, we got a lot on them and they'll stick their neck out. This will all be fine. You know, you, you don't have to worry about money. We know Empire won't hire you, but we got something else in the pipeline for you. We're going to make sure that they say that you're innocent and it's done and you can use that and, you know, kind of throw it out there that you can sue them because you were innocent and this is defame and this is why Nike is taking these social justice warriors and giving them contracts. We got you. They saw this and they get with Nike. Nike's like, yeah, you know, we've done some really bad stuff. You know, we've got a little bit of dirty laundry, but, you know, okay, we'll work on you with this if you're lenient on us with other things and don't come at us. And remember, Nike has a really, really strong history with the Obamas. Uh, he held a huge camp, a uh, huge rally in 2015 on Nike campus in Oregon. Um, he, there were Obama heirs, you know, for Air Force One sneakers. Um, you know, they had a lot of deals with each other. Uh, he pushed Colin Kaepernick with them. I mean, they have a really tight relationship. And obviously there is a one facet of Nike that I know, um, and I can't say, but their PR firm that worked, uh, with them did something with the Obamas, um, and um, it is a, and I can't say the name, but it's the only private uh, family owned PR firm. So if anyone out there from, you know, wherever that there's doing their homework on this connection, uh, feel free to go look at the only U.S. based family owned, 100% family owned PR firm that has no IPO and stuff. So anyway, so they did a lot of stuff with the DNC. Uh, they did a lot of stuff with the Obama. 
Bahamas and Nike together. Um, and this is, you know, 2013 to 2016, if I'm not mistaken. So this is huge. We've got two facets of this. So we got the fixer that came in and he got caught, which was great. And then we have the um, implosion that we're seeing in Chicago. Because see, in Chicago, this woman, uh, Tony Preckwinkle, she's been like the, um, you know, crooked county board of commissioner um, president for like, uh, what is it, like nine years now, since 2010. And so now she's running for mayor. And the thing is, she's like, oh, we're going to have everything honest and everything. But, you know, if you just look, you know, she's she's vowed to get rid of nepotism, patronage and whatnot when she went and became president of Cook County. But in the end, all she did was hire people with political connections. You know, sons of judges, nephews of former city councils, former aldermen, you know, you know, good old boy clubs. We have them everywhere. Right. And all of these people are linked to all these, you know, politicians all leading back to Obama. So Miss Miss um, Prepwinkle worked with. Miss Fox and worked with Avenatti to dig dirt so that way they can find a way that they could get this done. Now, I've said it before. What kind of judge would put his name on this? I mean, a judge might say, oh, yeah, it's alternative. We saw the email flying around how she was like, give me other cases. You know, no one is in trouble in regards to how we've let people off like this instead of convicting him. Remember, the judge let him get off for committing this hate hoax, right? for mobilizing so many agencies for creating a divisive rhetoric throughout the United States of America and also um, propped up this uh, anti-lynching bill and he gets no jail. But this chick that did a was like a bully tack movement, funny, bad thing, pushing some chick off a bridge, right, you know, where they were playing and she did it. And that was so dumb, you know, and the prosecutor recommended no jail time. The judge was like, uh-uh, she's getting at least two days jail. So here we have an open shut case where the judge could have reasonably said, uh, no, this is going to be an open shut case. I can't do this. There is way too much evidence. He's done pretty much zero community service. Dancing with Michelle Obama doesn't count. And running around with Democratic candidates doesn't count. Stomping for an anti-lynching bill doesn't count. Stomping for hating white people doesn't count, you know, and that's just not good enough. That's what a regular judge would say. But a judge that may have been clued up because I'm uh, here. Here's the thing. I'm of the fact that this judge knows exactly what's going on through the um, intelligence community. I'm of that fact. Because no matter how corrupt you are, no matter what they got on you, you've got five years on the bench. You're not that dumb to sit there, to sit there and put your name on something like this. You are not that dumb. Or you may be. And then, you know, you go to the poorhouse and then they check your bank records and then they find stuff that you have offshore and then you're done. So we have to consider that the judge may have had pressures from all these people, Mrs., you know, Prepwinkle, Fox, Chen, and even maybe directly from Obama and Harris. Who knows? He knows. So maybe he complied. 
you know, just to say I complied so they can investigate and say he was blackmailed, he was this, you know, or, you know, he complied because he's dumb. I'm more of the fact that judges aren't stupid. I'm sorry, but judges are not stupid. And in this day and age, when he can see that people are not getting away with things, why would you go ahead and put your name on something like this? So it's curious. So let's see, two facets. Avin, you know, Smollett case gave us Avenatti and Giragos. Here's where it gets really, really fun. Aside from the fact that this has lit one of the biggest fires in Chicago in regards to poly- they're eating each other. We've got Obama's hemorrhoids screaming. We've got, you know, Prep Winkle hiding and all these articles coming out about her being so, you know, um, you know, all about your political connections, all about who you know, and I'll make it happen for you. Um, you know, she was she was pretty bad. As a candidate, she's bad. Nine years. <laughs> so they're on fire. Everything's coming to the surface. We're going to see, you know, we could probably have an Oprah implication too here. I mean, I'm super enjoying it from the Chicago perspective, right? So they're imploding. And now that the president's like, well, the Department of Justice and the FBI are going to look into it. All of them are sweating. But again, like I said, I think that the judge is in on it you know, and has covered himself as much to know that he's got evidence that, you know, they framed him. Uh, you know, it's going to be funny if we see any suicides, right? Uh, that's usually what they catch. It like gets in the air when they're, you know, when it comes up against this stuff. So anyway, so that's the portion of the Smollett Chicago. So Smollett gave us Avenatti. Let's move over to the fixer, Avenatti. So Avenatti and his Nike shakedown totally fell flat on his face, right? Totally fell flat on his face. But what's curious is, is that what people aren't talking about is the tension between um, Giragos and CNN right now. And then this connection to Avenatti being a fixer in other cases. So here's the thing. Avenatti doesn't bat for the defendant. So like, for example, if he was, he was working for you, he wouldn't be speaking to you. He'd be speaking to your prosecutors or he'd be investigating your prosecutors. He'd find something on them and then find someone and pay them to say something else on them and have them by the cojones. So they leave you alone. That's the way he operates. Okay. Just how he found these Kavanaugh women, which is going to come to the forefront within the next couple of days. So, you know, the final deadline is April 5th. So signing plea deals, you know, usually happen on Fridays and that's when news comes out. So I'm hoping that it's signed uh, tomorrow and we hear about uh, another (laughs) about women in the Kavanaugh case, um, you know, that came forward and Feinstein or it's going to be at some point next week. That's already under investigation. We just have to wait and see if um, Crosco, and we'll talk about Costco uh, later, uh, will sign the plea deal. So before we enter this break, I want you guys to understand that Avenatti is a fixer, not to stand by the side of his client, but to go to the opposition, dig dirt, and then come back to save them. Make sense? So yesterday there was there were two and three developments, four. Oh, wow. There were four developments in regards to this Avenatti-Giragos tag team thing. 
So um, they're pretty interesting. Like I was just reveling in the fact that they're eating each other. They're cannibalizing each other. Like if I was President Trump right now, I would totally have the biggest bag of popcorn on the planet and watch them burn. Uh, and also, obviously, this morning, you know, people calling for Schiff to resign. No, no, don't let him resign yet. We need to get little Schiff because he's full of Schiff, right? We need to get him on his little kids things. Don't make him resign. Investigate. Ask him questions, pictures. Give him documents. That's how you do it. Bring them to the forefront and pull and have them pull their own pants out. Now, after the break, I'm going to talk to you about the two other cases that Avenatti is linked to, but we'll kick it off with Giragos flipping on CNN. Guys, the target, like I always said, is the fake news. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219. 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's one 800 
800-961-9194. Promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Welcome back to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Remember, you can always follow me on Gab and Twitter at Tori underscore says. So here's where the fixer Avenatti, like I said, is coming to fruition. I told you how he operates. He goes, he is hired to find dirt on the target people or persons kind of like he did with president trump super anti-trump and then he like came up or kavanaugh or 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 because he's got a history of doing this extortion so you even heard him in his own words yesterday where i played that clip where he was like oh yeah well he's complaining of 1.6 million when my client was like you know um investigate being investigated for like fraud and stuff like that makes it okay but anyway so Yesterday, in a really weird turn of events, we had um, a woman, a woman whose life has centered and lived in Kenya and the United States. She's an heiress to a liquor tycoon billionaire. You know, uh, we all may or may not know this name, but it's the Bronfman. A Bron- Bronfman. So Claire Bronfman was in court um, yesterday. Basically, what they were going to have is something called a Curcio hearing. Basically, these happen because it looks to see if a person can actually give you, um, if someone can be your lawyer correctly while a trial is going on. So. so. So here's where it gets crazy. So, um, I'm sorry. Um, so, you know, she's connected to Mark Garagos cause he's one of her lawyers too. Right. And so what's hilarious is, and it's not like super being reported, which is like, why not? Is that, um, the judge asked her, are you being represented by Michael Avenatti? You know, she's being charged with money laundering in the Nevixim case and identity theft. All stuff that Michael Avenatti is the mother of, right? He does all this money laundering. He does the extortion, the identity theft, the framing, right? So here she is sitting there and the judge is like, is he representing you? And, you know, she didn't answer. So then the judge got upset and he's like, yes or no. She totally like faints. And he has a sidebar the attorneys go to the to the judge and they're talking and as they're talking she she faints and they take her away you know to some room and you know she's being fanned or whatever and then comes back and it turns out you know Mark Garagos had made you know a show like he said that he's but Avenatti's never done it so here is where you guys, I told you that Avenatti right after the Smullett thing is going to be bringing us so many presents and so many indictments. It's ridiculous. So here we have him again in extortion, money laundering, and identity theft. He was hired 
again, through Uragos to dig dirt on the people that were claiming Claire did this. You get it now? He was hired to do that. He was hired to check what they've got on her or what he can get on them. <laughs> so this is like super interesting. Or maybe he even helped her uh, wash a little bit of money or, you know, uh, get you know, these identities sorted out. So this is super fun, super fun to watch because it's all coming to the forefront and not a lot of people are reporting it. So you have to understand that Navixum is supposedly being uh, portrayed as a self-help group uh, when uh, in actual fact they were enslaving women, some children too. And this, um, this woman, Claire Bromfin, she's not being held on any small bond, a hundred million dollars worth of a bond, which for her may be chump change, right? But that's an insane amount of money. Now, what's what's weird is is that Avenatti hasn't actually made uh, you know, an official presence known. But according to court records, he's met with her prosecutors. Remember what I told you? He goes and investigates the people that are investigating that he's been hired to protect. Are you getting it? So he's not working with her as her attorney because he didn't make that appearance, but he's met with the prosecutors. And I guarantee you that this is all from the information that the FBI and our intelligence community through various secret subpoenas received after them finding out about this Nike discussion that Giragos, Avenatti, Kamala, Fox, Jussie Smollett, whoever did, dropped it in a text or dropped it in an email. So this is all coming down. Remember, Avenatti is not a lawyer to represent someone. He is the guy that goes to the prosecutor. So for, for, for example, if John Doe wants to sue me, right. And I'm, and uh, no, say, say, say someone comes down on me, I would hire Avenatti to go after the someone that is coming after me. So if that's prosecutors, Avenatti would go straight to the prosecutors, find out dirt on them, dirt on their family, dirt on what they've done, dirt on what they have on me. So that way I can mitigate. He's a fixer. So this is another component where you have Mark Giragos and Michael Avenatti together, but it gets even better. Mark Giragos is super salty. Remember, he is a CNN analyst, legal analyst, right? He contributed. He was their guy. You know, he's a powerful guy. He had really, really high profile clients, but they're all really crappy ones. You know, Winona Ryder for being a kleptomaniac, um, you know, Michael Jackson, we've got uh, Cameron Cameron Brown, which is the most disgusting case ever, which was this guy that just chucked his toddler off a cliff. Um, and he's also represented Bill Clinton's brother, who was being charged with like disorderly rape. Right. But, you know, he was drunk, so he got off kind of thing. So he's he's known to be with celebrities and politicians, high powered um, sleazy lawyer. Right. Um 
So he was caught, A, trying to extort money with Michael Avenatti with Nike. And this all stemmed from his communications, um, you know, like I said, with the Smollett case. And two, now he's in this Nivixim thing where he probably hired Avenatti again to do his fixing. And now CNN, the minute he was named co-conspirator, they fired him. They fired him from CNN. And he was so upset so upset that he was um he was being interviewed and um he said god forbid that i start telling some of the stories about how i've covered for that lame beep beep organization he's referring to cnn he also said um you know he's got dirt on a lot of people so this was a threat like I said, this is popcorn time. They are all going down. So Giragos is like, oh, CNN, you want to play me like that? You want to throw me under the bus? You want to report that I was co-conspirator? You want to validate that and push me, you know, p- kick me while I'm down? All right, I'm game because I know all your dirt. I covered for you. I covered all your tushies. I'm going to start talking now. So we might see a lot of bouts of suicide going around, or we're going to see some really hefty things coming out. Now, remember, I said Avenatti and Garagos aren't going to give us like super crazy players. I mean, Kamala may not be able to run. I mean, we haven't heard from her in a while, right? Uh, Feinstein is another one that we're going to see come out because of the Avenatti connections with the Kavanaugh, um, Kavanaugh women, you know, that he like dug up. So um, that's coming out with this plea deal that Costco's doing. So we have Avenatti is giving us some politicians, but what this pair, Mark Giragos and Avenatti are giving us is the fake news. They're going to hand us CNN on a platter. Because remember, CNN was the one that was boasting Avenatti. This is just how credible they are and how awesome. Uh, Mark Garagos was their legal analyst and, you know, in-house guy who covered up for them. These two people now, they've shunned away and tried to sever connections, but it's not going to work. Because people like Avenatti are mercenaries, right? Avenatti is a mercenary. He has no loyalty to anyone except for the highest bidder. And when you have someone that is a bottom feeder, but with millions, you know, he burns through money really quickly or whatever, because he's a faux show type of guy, right? And you hire him to do dirty work and dig up work. You better believe that this guy has some backup. You better believe he's got documents, emails, phone calls, records on you. And you better believe that's all going to come out. And Mark Iragos, he is not going to go down without swinging. This is probably the end of CNN as we know it. When he comes out, I mean, CNN already lost credibility with their, uh, you know, Russia collusion conspiracy theory, the way they were constantly pushing, oh, he's a Russian agent. They were trying to tell us that our president is a Russian agent. And if you look at since this Russia collusion theory has gone bust with the Mueller, they're trying to make excuses. But not only that, they're trying to portray our president in a weak position on a global front. They're starting to report he doesn't have any connections or any base with like North Korea. He's like doing this. He's such a loser. And this, 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 they're pushing really nasty narratives about our president that have no basis to do so because they're that salty. But the thing is, Giragos is going under. You just held his head under the water. He is going to take you down so that he could get a deal. 
I mean, bottom line is I'm totally okay with Mark Garagos, who's a sleazy attorney, you know, sleazy because of the types of clients he picks. And I understand that everyone needs defense. I get it. I'm totally for it. Yes. But if, you know, there's a pattern in the type of clients you have kind of talks about you, you know, what kind of people you encircle yourself with. But anyway, he's a lawyer. He's done many high profile cases. He's not an idiot. He's smart. He's not Avenatti. Avenatti's an idiot. He's smart. And he's not going to let CNN throw him under the bus. He is going to throw CNN under the bus. And if and if I'm putting my little Trump administration hat on, I'd be totally game with me with him giving me everything there is to plea out of whatever he did on extortion. I'd be totally okay with giving him a pass and a slap on the wrist and, you know, probation for like five years and maybe suspend his license for a year or something if he can hand over CNN. I would totally do that. And Mark, if you're listening by any chance, you're in your car and you tuned in to AM, we're all game with you. I don't think any American on this planet would say, all right, you're a sleazeball lawyer. We get it. You're not nice. You tried to extort. But you know what? You're handing us over fake news. You're handing us over all this corruption and this narrative. And you're going to tell us exactly how they create their sources, how they push their narrative, who they work with and everything. So if you can give us that and demonstrate straight to the world just how false CNN is we're okay with giving you a big slap on the wrist huge one but it won't hurt that much for extortion whereas Avenatti is going to go away for hundreds and hundreds of years because it's not just Nike that he was extorting on behalf of Smullett. There is, you know, the Nevixum, the prosecutors, the Kavanaugh women, Stormy Daniels, and the list will go on and on of many people that have been silenced by Avenatti in political warfare. Because this is political warfare. You have a fixer that digs the dirt on you and then holds you by the cojones, black, blackmails you, not only tells you stop running, but you got to go over there and smile for them and give me money or else. And the bigger you are, the, the more money he takes from you. This is how he operates. That's what he does. He's a mercenary. Remember, this is why ISIS, when we were funding them, wasn't a good idea because these people don't have loyalty. They have loyalty to the highest dollar. This is what what Avenatti is. He's a fixer mercenary and he's going down. He is going way down. And hopefully Mark Garagos doesn't want to be dragged down, drowning with him. And he will sit down with the FBI of the United States of America and say, how can we have a deal? I'd like a deal. I'll give you everything I have on what they did. Here's a crime that CNN did. Here's a crime that CNN did. Here's who leaked classified information. Here's this. Here's that. I'm game. Let's do it. This is my plea deal. Don't throw me in jail for like 3,000 years like you will Avenatti. And I'm pretty sure that's going to happen because I said the target is the fake news media. I said that yesterday. I said that the day before yesterday. This is where we're going to have a party. And it's going to be raining down indictments, but not for the people we want. And yesterday we heard on Hannity, which I'll play a couple clips after the top of the hour break, um, where the president was like, yeah, I should redact the visa. Like I couldn't redact anything from the FISA application and the warrants because the Mueller investigation, that would be considered obstruction of justice of revealing things. And like I said, he will. And hopefully... 
He will do it the right way, which is line by line by line to keep every single clown that's part of that FISA application sweating and praying and giving up information so that they get a better sentence or that we don't redact the full thing and make them look really dumb. Because I can tell you that in that FISA application, we've got CNN stuff on the record. Right. We've got stuff like that. We've got people within Congress right now in Senate that are sitting there that pushed these uh, uh, fake narratives that manufacture them. How much you want to make a bet that Avenatti got some of that stuff too? want to make a bet? Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd say I bet anyone $10 right now and you can DM me on Twitter and say done that Avenatti's name will pop up somewhere in some shape or form with all this, uh, you know, counter intel. And that could be coming from the media camp, because remember, this was all based on media BS. And we're talking about the renewals around, you know, I think like the second or third renewal that he's possibly going to be in there. So this is going to be a lot of fun for us to watch, but we will watch the media implode because the only way right now, the way the situation is in the United States, because we still have people that believe that for some reason President Trump is wrong. The Mueller report came out and they're hanging on to the, well, it doesn't really exonerate him because there was no evidence to say that he did it or he didn't. How do you exonerate someone when there was nothing there in the first place? So they're still pandering that. So the only way we can win the elections is by telling people and not telling them, showing them just how corrupt CNN and, and MSNBC and CBS and ABC and all these other corrupt, uh, you know, persons are and how um, bought and paid for they are by the left. Because once you can showcase the corruption from your media and you can showcase that they're talking points, reporting points that they're being given or even help to collude it and enjoy doing it. Oh yeah, it's about clickbait. It's not really news. Um, people will get upset and they'll start listening to the president, start listening to alternative media better uh, that is more impartial and gives them hard facts. So to win, it's to kill the fake news. And how do you kill the fake news? With Giragos and Avenatti. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, and like I said yesterday, April 5th, we have a plea agreement, a huge plea agreement with Costco. A lot of people had said that he was somebody else's Senate aide. He is connected to Feinstein. His dad built a building for a university with Feinstein's husband's name. Feinstein was the one that released the Kavanaugh, you know, letter from Ford. Uh, Senate uh, letterheads were in his possession. They already had dirt on every single person uh, of the Republican Party that was um, – Going to, uh, you know, confirm Justice Kavanaugh. We also saw the newest article that came out about Wikipedia uh, fixing information for the left, but ensuring that the right is smeared. So here we have the ability. Remember, they went through Wikipedia and added and doxed our senators that supported Justice Kavanaugh. Remember, that was a huge deal. Like every single senator that was to confirm Kavanaugh, they had their address and personal information on Wikipedia. And now with this news that Wikipedia is left controlled and paid for to boast and, you know, remove any bad information on, you know, uh, Democratic candidates or establishment Republicans, it, it pretty much seems like Wikipedia allowed doxing 
because they were paid for by that agency that does the whole editing and watchdogging of Wikipedia. So it's going it, to, it, that's pretty interesting. So this case, the guy begged the judge, like, please don't send me to jail. Don't put me into population. My father has so much money. I'll be in a personal prison. You know, I'll get all this stuff. You know, I'll have the best psychologist to look after me and I'll get treatment and I'll be the best and whatnot. And the judge, you know, wasn't having it. And so now this guy caved and he's going to hand over Diane Feinstein, Diane Feinstein, who is one of the biggest bullies as a woman ever. And, you know, Diane Feinstein going down through this with her compliance in regards to what happened with Justice Kavanaugh and, you know, Ford, who paid for it, who got the money. Avenatti's in that one, too. He's the one that reached out to Ford. He's the one that found from Ford, from speaking with Ford, other classmates and tracked them down and had them come on the record and talk and whatnot. He's the one that did that. So now we've got Avenatti in this where he's got a paper trail of money coming in from who? Who paid these women that came out to speak up against Justice Kavanaugh? What money did Ford get? Was she really a university professor? Because not a lot of people took her class. But apparently she popped up on some website saying, that she was. Maybe she was. Maybe she wasn't. You know, no one heard about her. And now she comes out out of nowhere. Who found her? Who found her? Michael Avenatti did. And who did the letter? Who coordinated it? Do you guys see where this is going? When you can get the fixer, the guy that actually fixes things or digs the dirt or extorts, everything just becomes clear as day. Diane Feinstein is going to be in a lot of trouble because the thing is, we're going to see where the money came from. So whoever got this money to give it, whoever gave money to Avenatti for all these women to track down Ford, to create a narrative, to write this fake letter, the fact that she sat on the letter and didn't look at it, you know, and she dropped it timely because they were waiting for Avenatti to find more people. I mean, it's got to be well-timed. It can't just be one person. We got to get more. So the minute he found more people, that's when it happened. You know, the having people stand outside and protest, you know, the guy with the envelope with cash and he was handing it out to protesters. Do you remember that? There were pictures all over the internet about some, you know, Indian-looking dude handing out money to people to just go and protest. All of this was orchestrated, and again, the press was involved. Avenatti was involved. This is all coming. I mean, this guy's going to sign the plea deal. There's no way he's going to jail. So he's going to sign this plea deal. And in this plea deal, in order to get a plea deal for crimes like removing private information from the Senate on a thumb drive, which be, which could be considered an issue of national security, right? Um, and then doxing senators on a globally accessed page like Wikipedia, um, having in your possession Senate letterhead, official Senate letterhead that's like, you know, you could check it in the light to see if it's official or whatnot. These are big crimes. These are huge crimes. And for you to get a plea deal that you're okay with and that is on the table for you means that you gave up some really good stuff. So what is the stuff that Costco gave? Is it Diane Feinstein? Is it Michael Avenatti? 
<laughs> I would put my money on Michael Avenatti and, and then Diane Feinstein. See, Diane Feinstein comes from the discovery of Michael Avenatti because they all work together. This is how they coordinated this Justice Kavanaugh women. And then before that, if we get into uh, Garagos, you know, threatening CNN, how much you want to make a bet that Avenatti went and sourced out Stormy Daniels and Pater? Where'd that money come from? We're going to find out. Where'd the other women that came up? Oh, yeah, I was like totally, um, you know, 50 years ago, he like smacked my butt on the airplane. Where'd they find that woman? How did they get paid? This is all going to be coming down because we got the fixer. That's why I said, I don't care about Jesse Smollett. Jesse Smollett, through communications, you know, was caught, you know, um, giving us some gold in regards to Nike. Gold. And we don't care about anything else except for Avenatti. Because if you can show this one same person, I mean, come on, guys. What is the, what is the, what's the probability? All right, let's talk probability. What is the probability that this clown just so happens to be in the Justice Smollett thing, in the Nevixum raping sex slave cult thing, with the with the Clintons and other things, with the women that complained against Trump, with the Kavanaugh women that complained about Kavanaugh, like all of these things, and then they were pushing him for president. <laughs> so, guys. There's no coincidence there, right? In math, when something happens, you know, in a repetitive fashion, when you see a trend, you know, that's that's called an establishment of a pattern, which uh, makes it, you know, of <laughs> makes it true. This is when you run experiments, you have to see that you're getting the same thing coming up, you know, on a trend. And a trend usually indicates that your theory is correct. So, you know, I don't believe in four, five, six coincidences. This is fact. And I'm telling you, CNN is going to have a lot of problems because that threat that Mark Garagos issued is huge. It is huge. And like I said, I could just picture President Trump in his like slippers and his jammies sitting there with a big bag of popcorn saying, this is glorious. I couldn't even planned it myself better. I'll see you all right after this break. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says. For the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, Unfiltered news. 
real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So uh, this is usually the second half where we kind of inch on what to expect. I've already started with the Feinstein um, issue. Uh, I have my eyes on that. I wanted to mention that I did, over a month ago, schedule that the president come on my show on April 1st. And, you know, I'm going to leave my phone line open for him to come whenever he wants throughout the hour. I mean, it's April Fool's. So if I tweet it out and he doesn't come, I save face. Right. But who knows? He might actually come because uh, I didn't get a declination email. So that's good. Right. Um, so I just thought I'd let you know that I did invite the president over a month ago uh, to be on my show on April 1st. Um, so I'm putting that out there. So, you know, now. Let's get back to what is going on. So as I've told you, our target now is just to demonstrate to the world just how corrupt the mainstream media is. And this is all going to come out through Avenatti and obviously Mark Garagos, because unfortunately, their legal advisor, their legal commentator, their guy who knows everything made a blanket threat yesterday, which means people better be on their toes right now because he can use that as a weapon to avoid jail time for extortion. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm totally okay with that. So let's get to the Russiagate thing. Throughout months, uh, those of you that have been listening to me, I've told you my personal uh, feelings and have hinted of uh, a type of relationship that I have with um, this man. Can you even call him a man? John Brennan. Now, what people don't seem to understand is that the majority of the CIA is intertwined with the FBI. They are one in the same. This is why I'm about, I'm, I'm going to restate what I've said. The CIA needs to be dismantled completely. We need to have bona fide law enforcement that's separate from the intelligence community, and we should have oversight on the communications with the intelligence community elements to ensure that our Fourth Amendment right is always being upheld as American citizens, Okay. Uh, because the CIA is kind of that free-for-all where they go everywhere. Because there are intelligence community assets everywhere. Some of them are school teachers. Some of them are journalists. Some of them are, you know, waiters, cooks. Then they just do the projects as they're called upon to do. So uh, having said that, the CIA being so gray and falling into the I am part of the intelligence community, but I'm also law enforcement as well, um, and also the fourth unelected branch of government where they're pushing things uh, to our Congress and, and Senate and, you know, media, because that's how they drive it. This is operations. You put things out through the media to condition the public for what's to come or what the plan is. Um, and I only uh, direct you to something that's super evident remember when we were going through the cold war with russia do you guys remember that uh, those of you that are old enough i mean i was super young when that was happening but i still remember how do i remember i remember that russia was the enemy because of the rocky films 
I remember that Russia was the enemy because of the films that were being made and the TV shows, how they were making the Russians look like big, tall, spooky, bad, nasty people. It just so happened that we were going through a Cold War. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So they paint the enemy for you. And if you notice the trend, I'm just going to show you the trend. For the past 10 years, throughout the Obama administration, who has been the terrorist in movies? It's not the jihadis. You know, there's a couple of those, but they're not. Who are they? They're the racist people, right? They're the people that want white domination, isn't it? They're the people that um, cause division. They're the people that don't believe in open borders. Think about it. Look at all the films that are being made. Look at all the music being made. You think this is just, oh yeah, that's just culture. Culture is created, guys. Because don't forget, the United States of America doesn't have a common back of culture. The only thing we have that keeps us united that is completely different from the rest of the world is not years of history. Because we're a baby as a country. It's our flag. And what it stood for, which is unity. Without, it, it, it's, the, it's the actual depiction of what, <clears throat> how, you know, sometimes blood isn't as thick as water, right? You know how they say uh, blood is thicker than water and your family always there? Well, we've created a family or a country based on mutual trust and ideas, right? So we're unique in that. We don't have, you know, thousands of years of history and thousands of years of culture or one religion that binds us, right? So that means that our culture can be shaped. And this is what they took advantage of. Remember, I've told you that they use emotional warfare, social warfare against us by formulating how we should think, how we should act, how we should move, right? That is how they operate, because what we need to understand is that our country or the people that are with us, the people that love us, are usually the ones that um, share ideas. I have friends um, that are really friends. And your friends, you know they're your friend from uh, just a few things. I'll tell you how, how you know when someone's really your friend. Let's take it this way. How do you know? The one thing that you do know is that they support you. Regardless of anything, the number one thing to say that, hey, I have a friend or someone, is that they support you. Your real friend will always be by your side and stand by your side when everyone else has left. Cliche, but it's true. This is how you find who is not your friend. Because you can still count on that person when everyone else has counted you out. And this is exactly the premise, and I'm going to show you, how the United States was formed on a bond called friendship, which we know is very volatile with external pressures and social conditioning. Hear me out on this one. So you can still count on your friend. You can The, the country lets you count on them when everyone else has counted you out. When you've been expelled from your country or persecuted from your country, you come here to the United States. You come here because we will take you in. We will help you be part of our family, right? So it's kind of like a friendship. You know, um, and the one thing that, 
we're not seeing a lot about is that a real friend will always tell you the truth. People that know me, I adhere to that completely. I will never tell you what you want to hear, but I will tell you what is necessary that you hear. Okay. It's necessary that you hear it and always giving you helpful, constructive truth rather than something that makes you comfortable. Now, this is something that we lack as a nation right now. We are not getting any constructive truths. We are not getting any support on that end. So I'm trying to show you the difference. And here it is that when you have a friend, how do you know they're your friend? They're happy for you, right? Have you ever like had a success, right? You're successful and your friend that is really your friend won't have time to be jealous or spiteful of your success because they're going to be too busy popping that champagne and celebrating you for, for making it happen. They're going to be with you. So they're going to be happier for you than you are for you. And this is what the premise of the United States was. It was let's applaud every achievement of every single individual in our nation and promote that. You've done this. This is an achievement. Here's how you get rewarded. We love you. Yes, keep going. Without envy, without spite. I'm just saying the foundation of the nation, how they were built. And you can see this. If you think about friendship and the Constitution, I I, I kid you not, and I know it's kind of taking a stretch, you're going to see that it kind of falls, uh, you know, down to that. A friend will also stand f- up for you when you aren't even there to defend yourself. And this is why I say our nation does that. Uh, through our ironclad constitution that has been challenged over the past hundred years, this is exactly what it does. It stands up for, the, for us when we can't stand up for us. Or when we're not there. So when there's a corrupt person like John Brennan who infiltrates the Trump administration with spies, who collects data, manufactures data, globally collecting it, the one thing that we have is our Constitution. That's our friend. Because our country wasn't born out of blood relation. It was born out of friendship. And this is how you can see the difference and why we are so malleable because we don't have that blood connection. None of us do. All we have is a flag that represents what? Our constitution. And I I want you guys to, to understand that so you can understand exactly the warfare being used. Another way that you know that your friend, let's say, is uh, loyal to you is that they don't require you to be there right to show you who they are behind your back because the same face you see in the front you see in behind you that's the way the constitution is that's the way our laws are and that's how we operate as a nation too guys there's loyalty we will not condemn one American citizen for another. We will not say one thing to one American and give one justice to one American and give another, another hefty part of it. It'll be equal. It won't be one face for one and another face for another. Kind of like Hillary said, you know, I have a private face and a public face, right? Remember that? I'm reinforcing this and this is actually quite good advice, I guess, for friendship. Another thing is that a true friend will never belittle you. 
They will never talk bad about your accomplishments. They will always be praising you. They will be happy for you. They're going to be like, my friend's the best, and I'll tell you why. And they will, when you have your moment, they will let you shine, and they will not steal it. And we used to see that in the United States of America, didn't we? We used to see how our nation, no matter how small of an achievement someone had, they would let them revel and have that fame for that and, and bathe in it and, and glorify it. Some agreement they did. The fact when they used to win gold medals, right? We would do that without envy, with pride. You know, now it's all politicized, obviously. They've killed that too. I'm just saying, I, I'm trying to compare this to you so you understand what our foundations are. And another thing is your friend is always going to be by your side. And you don't have to talk to your friend all the time. Like I have friends that I would, if, you know, God permit that I have the ability to, if they called me and they were stuck somewhere in Japan, I'd be running to the airport and catching the next flight out. And, and I haven't spoken to that friend for 20 years. I'll still do it because I'm not a needy friend too. I'm the type of person that it's like, it's okay if we don't talk for like a month, two months, a year. It's like it never happened because I consider you my friend. This is how the nation is. They don't need to be supporting you or showing you uh, this support because it's always there. You don't need to be interacting with your government in order to make sure that it is doing its job for you. It should just be doing it. That's what a real friend does. And, you know, this is, this is good advice for like friendship advice too, right? We all know this and, you know, some of us have toxic friendships and right now the United States is a toxic friendship to all of us because we've allowed external forces like, you know, you know how they say you never fight for a girl, uh, you never fight for a guy, uh, you don't sleep with your friend's ex-boyfriend. You know, so This is the drama on a friendship level that's been taken into our country right now that is built on the foundation of friendship. We do not have – you and I don't have common you know, ground. Like if I was in, in Greece – uh, let me let me rewind that. So I'm a Greek American. Both my parents fresh off the boat, right? My achievements as a Greek American are applauded by the Greek American community because they're proud that a member from Greece that migrated to the United States has achieved X Y Z. They applaud each other. They're proud of each other, and that bond and that applaud happens because they have a strong bond, which is blood. You know, connections. You know, um, coming from the same core, from the same you know thousands of years of family. Like, I, you know, we have property in my family that's been in our family and passed on, like olive groves, from like you know two thousand years ago. So that's a different bond. In the United States, we don't have that. It was actually built on blood and war, and all we had between ourselves was friendship, bonding over a common idea. We were friends. We are friends. Our nation is a friendship nation. This is what we are. And they know this. See, if you knew this, because some of you are probably thinking, uh-huh, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. 
See, people in France, they have the commonality of French history and they've been embedded it in. It's French and French food is the best and we cook with a lot of butter and our language is the best. And, you know, we've been here for so long. Look at these buildings that are thousands, you know, hundreds of years old. The Greeks are like, well, we've been here for 10,000 years. Wow, I'm so proud of my ancestors. What do we have to say about our ancestors? Okay, we conquered. You know, some of us are embarrassed about what our ancestors did here. Slave owners like Kamala Harris's family, right? They were slave owners. <laughs> I'm just saying, but that doesn't mean that Kamala Harris is a slave owner. So how do we bond? How do we bond as Americans? We don't bond from skin color. We don't bond from, you know, thousands of years of history. We don't bond on history that was growing pains and uh, built on, you know, corruption, war and blood. We build that bond through friendship. That is actually a very strong bond. It is a social and cerebral bond. You don't feel an obligation because you're not part of the tribe, right? Because we're all one massive mesh of everything. So what I want you to understand that these intelligence, the CIA has been doing, aside from infiltrating everything and causing havoc, is... a the way they manipulate us is through breaking these bonds of friendship, breaking the out for drinks. You know, it's going to be really hard for one of you to get beat up because there's another nine to back you up. But when they break us up and faction us slowly through reeve past, I mean, you know, how many of you had had a fight with a friend in high school and then you kind of click after college and you're just like totally good friends. Who cares? We were stupid back then. Forgive and forget kind of thing. They use divisive methods and they do this through conditioning. It's not just repeating it on the mainstream media, but using entertainment, using stories to revive this hate, to revive this, hey man, you know, I have more in common with a person that's browner because I'm brown too, so you suck. And it's like, but no, we don't have that commonality. We don't have skin color to bind us. We don't have hair color, you know. I don't know, the gingers, right? (laughs) I'm just joking. So we don't have like kimchi or, you know, or traditional dishes or anything to bind us. And remember that our most American holiday is Thanksgiving. And what is Thanksgiving that we also called Friendsgiving is because that actually depicts America as a whole. And once you guys understand that the fake news along with Hollywood and all the other entertainment facets, what they've done is broken this friendship bond that we have under one flag. They've created mean girl groups, you know, <laughs> based on skin color, based on religion, based on uh, how smart you are, uh, based on how stupid you are, based on if you have a disability, based on this, based on that. They've created this... Um, they're they're fractioning our bond that's what they're doing and what the president did is tries he tries to unite this bond again and you know they've tried to find information and create narratives kind of like this dossier to create an angry rift between us um you know of global fear right with russia 
but also to to say that those people aren't your friends we are i'm trying to simplify this so you guys can understand where we're at um and this is why we have factions of groups that are okay with killing children we have factions of groups that are okay with killing the disabled or the elderly or what they call put them down because it's good for them we have factions that say like jesse smullett said you know if you called my father white he would kill you there's people that loathe another race like nobody's business i mean that is very racist. That is the most racist thing I've ever heard. And this is a guy that panders for unity. They've now created factions of gay, bisexual. Nobody cares who you sleep with. How does that even work? I mean, they want to make laws about jobs. Like, are you going to sleep ask when you go to work? You know, they're creating all these factions. And this, you know, if you think of it in a high school level, it's like, well, in kindergarten, there's always everybody loves everyone, right? And then as time goes on, the external influences from the other kindergarten class or when you guys have a play date outside of school, then factions happen. And then they, there's like subgroups. Oh, I hang out with him. Oh, he peed himself. So nobody talks to him and he's all alone, right? And then somebody else pees on themselves. So the two peers kind of hang out together. And this is how you break people up. Unity is what we need in our nation to succeed. And is that he is trying to showcase in a very easy way to mend these bonds what has happened. He so eloquently, you know, put it out how the fake news purported this. And there's only seven establishment little shift, which will make eight, that have pushed this like nobody's business. They've sat there day in and day out telling you, trust us. We have your ears. Listen to us. We know best. And unfortunately, just like in high school, remember the cool girls or whatever, like entertainment, right? Actors, right? These idiots. So they're like the cool crowd are telling you just how bad, you know, the president is who's part of another group because now they've separated you. They've said it's the people that follow the president and you that follow us, the cool kids, the ones that make the movies for you, the ones that make the music for you. Look at us. We're the cool kids. Listen to us. And there are people that are that susceptible that they would just follow along. Right. And with the help of the fake news media, they're trying to penetrate the people that are independent. Those kids that didn't care about groups in school. Right. Understand right now what is going to happen in the next six months from the FISA releases to the fake news being exposed to General Flynn not being pardoned. He should just withdraw his plea and go because when these falsified 302s come to light, when we prosecute struck for this, there is no crime that he committed. They've entrapped him to plead to something that they've put you in a box. It happens all the time. They tell you, well, I got this on document that you said this and you're like, but it didn't happen. Well, all of us say it's happened. So there, what are you going to say? Uh, that you're right and where all of us are wrong. You mean Director Comey, McCabe, myself, is a special agent that's so highly decorated, lied? I think you're the one lying because you're the Russian agent. So then you plea. You're going to see just how explosive this is going to be. You know, as like right now, people on the left should be seeking therapy or talking out their feelings because this is really hard. Because to mend a friendship is 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 a, is very hard, especially when you were raised to not have a friendship, 
right? Where you're like, oh, it's kind of like, um, have you ever been to a soccer game? I've been to soccer games overseas now. Those are crazy, right? I went to a West Ham game. They don't even know the person from the other team, right? They don't know anybody that's cheering, yet they will beat each other to a pulp just because it's a team thing. We've got a lot of that going on. I'm trying to make it as easy as possible for you guys to understand the state that we're at. We're a nation built on friendship and love and common thought. We have nothing else in common. We do not have a history. 300 years is not enough history. We have one flag and the constitution, which is our acceptance and our belief that we can be friends. This is why Thanksgiving is a U.S. national holiday because it was built on friendship. Now, after this break, and I hope you soak that in because I really wanted to put it out there so you guys understand where I'm going with this. I'll play a couple of clips from Hannity. We'll deduce them and then talk about what I expect tomorrow to happen. Um which will probably allow us through the weekend to sit on it a bit before this Diane Feinstein thing comes up. So take a thought about that. Think objectively. What does your nation have that other nations don't? And that's friendship. That's what we have. We have nothing else in common. We're friends. And what the mainstream media, the entertainment industry, the CIA, the FBI, the Obama administration have done is try to corrupt that bond of friendship and create, you know, pocket groups. So I'll see you all just in a few after this short break. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219. 
1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for MyPillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. MyPillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Sess Show. I'm your host, Tori. So um, I actually got four different messages that were kind of pondering on the same thing earlier today. Talk about synchronicity, like one of them so eloquently put. I want us to understand the dynamics and how the fake news media was able to fester. And we're seeing this from what Pelosi said when, you know, she heard that, uh, you know, they called to have Adam Schiff resign. She said, oh, they're just scaredy cats. You know, what is the president afraid of? The report's already out, Pelosi. There's nothing to be afraid of. But this is how cliques stick together. It's like cliques, you know. Um, And it's no different than in school. Remember, all our social interactions are learned at a very young age, right? And this is just on a bigger scale, of course. But it's nonetheless stupid child playground stuff. We need to look over that and understand that we're grownups. And we have a solid bond, and that's our nation. Now, Let's listen to um, the interview, uh, one clip where Hannity asked the president about the FISA. About the FISA applications. Let's take a listen. Do you have plans to release those FISA applications, gang of aid information, the 302s of Bruce Orr and others, and the five buckets that John Solomon and Sarah Carter, as they call them? I do. I have plans to declassify and release. I have plans to absolutely release, but I have some very talented people working for me, lawyers, and they really didn't want me to do it early on. Devin Nunes, by the way, and Meadows, and and you look at Jim Jordan, and so many of the people that, that were... They- I'm just pausing it. Did you hear? I have plans to release it. It doesn't say I have a plan to release. I have plans to release it. And they told him he'll tell you why they didn't release, and we talked about this months ago anyway. It worked so hard, and a lot of people wanted me to do it a long time ago. I'm glad I didn't do it. We got a great result without having to do it, but we will. One of the reasons that my lawyers didn't want me to do it is they said, if I do it, they'll call it a form of obstruction. So they'll say, oh, you released these documents. So we would make all of this information transparent. You know, in politics, you always hear transparency. would make it transparent. And then they'd call it obstruction, knowing the people we're dealing with. 
So, frankly, I thought it would be better if we held it to the end. No, but at the right time, we will be absolutely releasing. And I did the right thing by not doing it so far. But you understand, they would call it something that it wouldn't be. It's the only time you'd be transparent where they'd say bad things about transparency. Mr. President, due to testimony, thanks to uh, Georgia uh, 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 Republican Collins, we now have testimony. One thing that shocked me a little bit last week was the testimony of Strzok and Page, where both of them suggesting that the fix was in on Hillary and because it was being every decision was being run through the AG's office. That means Loretta Lynch, who also met in the tarmac with with Bill Clinton, uh, which brings us to a higher level than maybe we once thought. Um, any reaction to that with Loretta Lynch? Apparently, according to Strzok and Page, running the show, making the decisions for the FBI at the time. And remember the, the interaction between Comey and Loretta Lynch when he said it's an investigation. She said, no, it's a matter. Well, first of all, Doug Collins is fantastic, the job he's doing. He's been incredible. Uh, I wish he were chairman, but he's not. But we're not off by much. I think we'll retake the House. Okay, guys, so this is where he talked about um, Loretta Lynch. And if you heard what Hannity said, oh, so this is going to like a higher level than we thought. Remember when I said the ultimate prize will be to impeach 44? Remember? This is where it comes down to. And he shouldn't have released the FISA, uh, you know, the FISA applications. I said, we already know what's in there, the majority of. We just don't have all the names and all the agencies and all the clowns that participated. But we know that there's countries, there's prime ministers, there's uh, foreign intelligence agencies, there's fake news networks, there's, there's, there's. So that's going to be coming out line by line by line as we prosecute. Um, I would strongly urge all of you um, who are listening to go to ToriSays.com. Go to the search bar and just type the word Priya, P-R-I-Y-A. In there, you will see an article I wrote how Peter Strzok was sharing information about the Hillary mid-year review to the Department of Treasury, to a very specific person who used to work to the Department of Energy, who oversaw the Uranium One Finnish tidy up and who at the Department of Treasury when she went oversaw the books on those exchanges. I'm just dropping that to you because this is where we're going to see it come back to Strzok in a sense of once we get him and we uncover that the same guy that was colluding on providing information in other ongoing investigations and to delete evidence will be redacted from the FISA that is already redacted, right? They're already redacted. We're just going to redact a couple lines to show some other relations and get struck. So one by one, they will be coming down, but do not lose sight of the prize i'm telling you after labor day weekend that's where the party starts there there might be for christmas impeachment proceedings uh to be mentioned because no way does a member of your cabinet no way does your attorney general meet with the 
husband and former president, impeached president, right? He's, a, he's an impeached president, right? Clinton is an impeached president. You're meeting with him to talk about stuff on the tarmac about kids in secret, and you get ousted, and then suddenly the person's not being charged. That doesn't happen without Obama's say. <laughs> and with what's going on in Chicago, guys, this is going to be a party. You don't seem to understand. You smoke them out. You get them from the bottom. Right now, his camp is at a five-alarm fire. <laughs> and the thing is, it's that creepy porn lawyer, the extortion mercenary that they've all been using to, that's going to bring down the house. So we've got fires, and I'm telling you, and and you'll remember me around Christmas time. We'll be here talking about it. How this is exactly what the goal was. You want to undo the wrongs of yesterday. You hold the people of yesterday accountable. Retroactively, if you may. 9-11, Bush 43 is going to feel it too. It's all going to come down because this is the only way our friendship can heal. Right. It's when you uncover the plot of the of, you know, that person that got in between you and your friend. And then you realize, oh, my gosh, they did this to us. I love you. And then you hug. It's all built on friendship and friendship is on trust that you've got my back and I've got yours. I don't care. You know, if you walk out of the house and you look crazy, I'm going to tell you if you did something stupid, I'm going to tell you because I love you and I want you to be better. So this is where we are going to see the nation heal through this. It is genius the way it's unfolding because the ones that are driven by hate, the ones that are driven by this divisive speech are the ones that are going to reach out their hand to us. And say, I just couldn't believe this was happening. I mean, I knew that stuff like that happens, but they did this on purpose. They tried to, to make us hate each other. This is how you undo wrongs by putting them out to the forefront, but not just by telling or saying or rumors, but depicting it and showcasing it and demonstrating it. Today, Pelosi demonstrated to the nation that what are they scared of if he's still saying that there's Russian evidence when there isn't any. She's demonstrating, I'm standing up for my camp until the day I die. I will burn on this stake rather than turn uh, one of my own guys in. Because they all know that if Adam Schiff goes down, he's going to talk too. <laughs> Adam, I got some really nice pictures of you. Maybe I should tweet it out. Wait, you know what? Yeah, I should tweet it out. I'll sh I'll tweet out a really nice picture of Adam right after the show. This is this is something that is going to heal us as a nation too. This process, no matter how long, and I know there's so many nasty people out there that I hear that are even, you know, even my friends, and I call them out all the time. Oh my gosh, Trump isn't going to do anything. We're not getting a wall. He banned bump stocks. We're never going to see these FISA applications. It's like, stop. We're going to see them when the time is right to see them. You can't just rip the Band-Aid off because you've got people that can't handle that. They need alcohol to be rubbed on it. They need the glue to dissolve. You can't just rip the Band-Aid off because you're okay with it. Other people aren't. So the only way we can heal is by taking it step by step. And it's showing that it's working to fix this. Now, um, I dropped an article yesterday about Varsity Blues. And this is where I'm taking it back to the Obama administration again. 
Because yesterday our president tweeted how he met with the Google CEO. And, you know, Google apparently lost um, the, the contract with the government because supposedly they were working for the Chinese government. And they had projects with them and they were concerned about leaking information and whatnot. So the minute the president tweeted that out, I said, quick, everyone get a welfare check on Bezos. Now, I've had this Varsity Blues article sitting in draft waiting for the right time to do it. I tweeted it out yesterday, but it didn't get the traffic it should. So I guess I'm going to have to tweet it out at a later date when it's more pertinent because I dropped some really big bombs. Here's where we go. Robert Bauer is the personal attorney for President, former President Barack Hussein Obama. He was his lawyer before he became president. He was his lawyer as White House counsel, and he was also the lawyer for the DNC, HRC, and now for the Obama, um, you know, conglomerate of it was Obama for America. Then it became Obama for Action, uh, of Obama for America. No, Obama for America, Obama for Action, and then Organizing for Action, or something like that, or vice versa. So. He resigned in May, and I saw that as a big clue. Like, okay, Perkins Coy is going down. Obviously, we know Perkins Coy is also involved with the Navixum. They've got some bank accounts on freeze for that. We know that they're the ones that made the pays, payments to CrowdStrike. We know they made the payments to Fusion GPS. We know that they paid Nellie Orr and her spies in Russia. We know, we know, we know. Hmm. But that's not why. I'll take you back to the time of the Jimmy Carter times. There was this woman named Anita Dunn. She was an intern there. She worked at, um, in, uh, as an intern for his uh, communications director um, and in the White House. And when Obama was elected, she was his communications director for the White House. This is the wife of Robert Bauer, Anita Dunn. Now she has some company called SKD Knickerboxer. Um, she supposedly does like PR or whatever. But here's the thing. When she left, she went out with a really bad cloud over her head. Apparently, you know, Kaplan University, kicking back to Varsity Blues now, Kaplan University, uh, they were scamming a lot of money. They were making a lot of money and there was a lot of controversy that came out and I want you guys to go to the ToriSays.com page and just put in Varsity or Varsity Blues and you'll find the article. Um, it went out yesterday. In there, you'll see that um, Kaplan University was one of the top universities that was extorting money after this post 9-11 GI Bill stuff. It was a huge thing. But guess what? Kaplan is also a company of Amazon. Are you getting it now? And not only that. Waypo, Washington Post, their bills, you know, they're always losing money. Remember how the president always says, oh, Washington Post never has any money. You know, Amazon just keeps covering them. They would get their bills covered by Kaplan University, right? Are you getting it now? So it was, and so the question here is, how did the Varsity Blues come out? From the investigation on how Amazon got the contract with the Pentagon, so this is going to be something huge. Jeff Bezos is on suicide watch right now. All right. I don't know if I work for the Washington Post, I'd be looking for another job or maybe I'd be learning a code because this is about to get down and they're still getting. Imagine they said they were investigating Varsity Blues where it came up because remember Kaplan University also works with what California universities and what was the issues that they had that they were pay for play, pay for degree they would have you pay for stuff. They would also be in charge of these SAT exams. Come on, guys. Click it. Click it. So if you remember from the presser, they said 
The Kaplan University, that the Varsity Blues investigation uh, happened within the past 10 and a half months. Most of the stuff they found recent, they only had a lead from another investigation that has been ongoing for a while. And this is the Amazon contract. We all wonder how Amazon got a contract with no competition. I mean, they had a higher price point. They had less, but it was scratch my back and I'll scratch yours, wasn't it, President Barack Hussein Obama? This is even grounds for impeachment. I'm telling you, it's coming from all ends. And what's is is that they did this smullet thing that set their own house on fire right now and you know this is how corrupt people work they think they're protected they have no idea aunt becky huffman is nothing wait till you see wapo go down and in there there's links to articles where they literally tell you that washington post from back in the day from 2010 2009 was always being floated by kaplan university take a look amazon owns kaplan university amazon owns a lot of these universities that were involved and here's another thing aunt becky's daughter olivia jade right she had a lot of sponsors guess which sponsor didn't pull their sponsorship yep you guessed it amazon so what you need to pay attention to is just how many fronts are coming and this is how you unfold it this is how you heal relationships varsity blues was the beginning it was like look at them they like pay for play they don't like dr drake came out yeah my daughter made it all by herself had nothing to do with the 70 million dollars she donated to the university of course you know they're showing these lefties, these insane, you know, Birkenstock, crunchy granola munchers, that those people that are pushing the, oh, it's unity and love. Totally love you. Totally love the fact that you have no idea what gender you are. Totally for it. They are laughing at you because they are doing exactly what you loathe. They are the 1%. It's not President Trump and his camp. It's them. And so Varsity Blues is the first step. What's going to be the next step? The next step is probably examining the fact of ripping off our veterans, maybe. Or these scams for degrees, right, that they did to the veterans, right? We got that. There was a big scandal, right, during the Obama administration on that. You remember that, guys? And then people are going to be like, oh, my gosh, not only are they buying education, but they're stealing it from us. Let's not forget Bernie Sanders' wife, who worked for a university that's no longer a university, right? Let's remember that. So we've got all this coming down the pipeline. Look at how many fronts. Like, if you're standing in a circle, no, stand Stand on the moon. There's a fire. There's a blazing fire in D.C., a new one blazing five alarm in Chicago. We got California on fire like they are running for the hills. And look at the United Kingdom. They're part of these FISA applications. This is why we're not releasing them altogether. This is how you use leverage. The fact that our president didn't succumb to pressure is great, but I'm going to say this. Lindsey Graham dropped the idea of a secondary special counsel. I almost guarantee you he's going to use it on the Loretta Lynch thing. We all need to say no. No secondary counsel, no blockades, because all secondary, all these special counsels, special counsels, right? Special counsel, special counsel investigations cause roadblocks 
for information. Because the minute you have a secondary special counsel to investigate Loretta Lynch, any crap you have on the Obama administration, anything you have on Hillary Clinton, anything you have on the FBI is part of their investigation, so you got to wait till they're done. Are you getting it? Can you see what Lindsey Graham is doing? Pay attention. They have people everywhere. If anything right now, a, a secondary special counsel is not what we need because they will, he, you know, it'll be, yeah, investigate Loretta Lynch. Loretta Lynch is linked to Obama, to Hillary, to the FBI, to the DOJ. They're going to now hide all that information. And you're going to be sitting there saying, I need this information on the mid-year exam because I need to prosecute Baker. Yeah, you can't do that because it's part of the special counsel investigation. You got to wait till that's done. This is something we need not to do. This is why I tell you that people need to be paying attention to South Carolina. Look at where all these clowns are having town halls. Pay attention. Where was Cory Booker? Where was Beto? Where are they all going? South freaking Carolina, guys. Uh, Tory told you anything in South Carolina is bad. A secondary special counsel, not necessary. We will do it our way. We will have them pull their own pants down one by one, line by line. In the meantime, let's enjoy the fireworks with all these celebrities going down, with all these fires being lit because they're cannibalizing each other. They are cannibalizing each other. This Smullett hoax is blowing up the Obama base like nobody's business. Even the leftists are pissed. So for us, let them burn and let's enjoy the show. We need to focus on what our senators that are supposedly that are supposedly Republicans doing. That's where we need to shift our focus. That's where we need to be paying attention, paying attention to what Barr does. You know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, uh, President Trump said, you know, Barr's doing a great job. Yeah, he said that about Sessions, too, remember? Okay, now let's take a listen. He's never going to talk bad about his AG. Let's take a listen to what he says about um, General Flynn and Papadopoulos, and let's analyze that in the last few minutes that we have here. The media question, would you consider, sir, a pardon Look at General Flynn, for example, or, you know, uh, Papadopoulos, who's had to spend 12 days in jail. Uh, is that something that you would consider at some point? Well, as I told you, many, many people were hurt, incredibly hurt by this whole scam. It's just a scam. But it's much worse than that. It's, uh, it's, at, a high, it's at the highest level. And the importance is so what it meant to our country. It's a very, very dark period and i think maybe we're shedding a lot of light we're going to we're going to come into a bright beautiful sunny day but when you mentioned general flynn he was you know he was a man who had a incredible record in the military you see what happened to him uh the fbi said he wasn't lying as i understand it and uh and uh, the Mueller group said he was lying and, uh, you know, what he's gone through and what so many others have gone through. I could name names that would just go on for the entire your entire show. It's a very, very sad thing. I don't want to talk about pardons now, but I can say it's it's uh, it's so sad on so many levels. It is. And the list can go on. I think my name should be included on that list, too, and a lot more. The thing is, pardons. We don't need to talk about pardons right now. What we need now is healing. 
And I'm pretty sure that you all are going to see that what I've said about the General Flynn case will come to light. Um, What happened to George Papadopoulos was ridiculous. They got away with that. I mean, he got 10 days of jail time and he lost $10,000. But, uh, you know, for lying, right? Wasn't it? Because he got caught for lying, supposedly, or omitting information. But he didn't set the world on fire. But I guess he was what they call the reason for the FISA applications. It's ridiculous, guys. They've gotten away with it. But again, sometimes you lose battles to win the war. And the war is what we want to win. The war on our bond as Americans, because that is our Achilles heel. We have nothing in common, guys, except for our flag and our bond in friendship. In this mutual agreement of, you know, upholding our Constitution, which our four, you know, when they created this, they were geniuses. They knew exactly what was to come. And they always said. If America ever fails, it's because we let it happen. It's from our own government, not from a foreign enemy. We are our own enemies and our own enemies are in office right now. They're fighting us. If we don't see that, I mean, you know, and unfortunately, many people don't. That's the problem. Not many people see that those people that we've elected are the ones fighting us. They're the ones causing the division within us. They're the ones trying to fraction us. They're the ones pushing us down while they're propping themselves up on our backs. But the only way you can do that is slowly by demonstrating it. Yesterday, the interview was great. Obviously, I'm not watching Hannity because he propped up Donna Brazil. So I watched it on a watch party on Facebook. I'm super stringent on things like that. Like, I won't even, like, there were some people that I liked on CRTV. I can't watch it and I won't subscribe just because Mark Levin is there. I don't like him at all. He's a sellout. He's like Lindsey Graham. He pulls this fake sword and he's like, yeah. And it's like the president's like, good job. He said a good job to Tillerson. He said good job to McCabe and Comey and and Sessions. You name it. He will tell you good job. The minute you're out, he's going to be like, you sucked. And it's all going to come out. We're all going to see it come out. So tomorrow I'm expecting some really big news. If not tonight, uh, developments, I guess from Chicago, but tomorrow we might actually see some indictments coming through. I am paying attention to this, um, uh, Costco case, because if he signs a plea deal, we may have indictments coming out of that plea deal, uh, sooner rather than later. I don't know. He might've signed it already today. The hearing's not for the 5th of April. So we'll see until then from all of us here at red state i want to wish you a happy and healthy thursday stay strong stay healthy stay happy and remember stay friendly because that's what our nation is built on friendship god bless from all of us here at red state thanks for tuning in see you tomorrow